Good morning. If you have your Bibles, you can open it up to Matthew chapter 28 this morning. We'll be looking at the Great Commission, what is often called the Great Commission. And while you're turning there, I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you. First Baptist Church Gaston has been a faithful partner and for our family for almost eight years now. As our family, me, Laura Ashley, Holland Grace, and James, spent two years with the IMB in London and now spending the last four years in Belgium, we know that FBC has been faithful to pray for us, faithful to give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering so that we could go to the nations and share the gospel. And so we say thank you. Thank you with all of our hearts as we have felt your prayers and we have seen our needs met and been able to focus on the mission that was in front of us because of your faithful giving to Lottie Moon. And even as we've been in the States the last six months, well, another way that you have supported us and helped us is by providing us with a vehicle as we've been here so that we could travel to see family and friends and to come to different churches to, to speak. And we are so thankful for you guys. And it's an honor and a privilege to be here this morning, to be able to open up God's word and to just be able to enjoy fellowship and sing songs with such a beautiful church. So thank you from all of our hearts. Now, if you would, let's stand for the reading of God's word. We're looking at verses 16 through 20. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw them, saw him, when, he, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And as Jesus came and said to them, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. The Gospel of Matthew begins with a genealogy leading to the birth of Jesus. And of course, as you saw a couple weeks ago, the announcement to Mary and then to Joseph of the coming of the Messiah. The angel tells them that they are going to have a son and this son would be the Savior of the world. And not only would this son be the Savior, he was to be Emmanuel. Emmanuel was, Emmanuel is a name that came from the prophet Isaiah, where Isaiah prophesied that there would be a son called Emmanuel, God with us. This God would leave his heavenly home to come and be with his people. And of course, that Emmanuel is Jesus. And as you walk through the rest of the book of Matthew, what you see is how Jesus not only fulfills this prophecy, but fulfills all the prophecies of the Old Testament. How he succeeds and is faithful where the people of Israel failed to succeed and to be faithful. And how he did miracles, healing the blind, raising the dead, proving that he truly is the Messiah, the Son of God. And ultimately, of course, going to the cross to die for our sins, and then triumphantly rising from the dead, defeating sin, Satan, and the grave. In our text here this morning, as we pick up at the end of Matthew, after all these things have happened, Jesus is appearing to his disciples. 
He tells the disciples at some point to come and meet him at this mountain in Galilee and that he would meet them there. And I can imagine as the disciples are on their way to meet Jesus on this mountain, not knowing what's coming, the question going through their mind is what's next? Okay, Emmanuel has come. He has proved himself that he really, Jesus really is Emmanuel. He has risen from the dead. Now what is next? We see in other gospels that some of the disciples had in their mind that it was time for Jesus to come and bring his earthly reign to earth, that he was going to become the king here on earth at this time and bring his kingdom physically. But Jesus tells them, no, that's not what it is. It's something else. Jesus has something else in mind when he's thinking about what is next. And in this verses that we looked at this morning, we see what's next. Jesus tells his disciples that his mission is going to continue. His mission to seek and save the lost is going to continue and it's going to continue through them. That these 11 disciples are going to go throughout the world and make disciples. That they're going to go and continue to tell the world the good news that the Messiah, the Savior has come. And he is not just the Savior, the Messiah of the Jews, but he is the Savior, Messiah of the whole world of of all nations. And this mission that Jesus gave the disciples almost 2,000 years ago is the same mission that he has today for us, his disciples, and for his church, for First Baptist Church Gadsden. And that is to go and make disciples of the nations. To go and make disciples of the nations. And Jesus, in this text, he not only gives us and he gives his disciples a command to go and make disciples, but he tells us how we're to go and do that. How we as individuals and as a church are to go and make disciples, which is where we'll spend most of our time this morning. But before we get there, I think we need to define a couple terms. First, we need to figure out and find out what, define what is a disciple, What does it mean for someone to be a disciple? If we're going to go and make them, it's important that we know what they are. And a simple definition of a disciple is someone who has trusted in Jesus as their Savior and is seeking to conform his or her life to the teachings of Jesus, to his way of life. So there's someone who's trusted in Jesus and is seeking to obey him and follow him throughout their lives. And I would add to that, they are doing that in community with other brothers and sisters. So Jesus is telling us to go and make these kinds of people, people who trust in Jesus, people who are seeking to obey him, and who are living life in community. So as we, as church, think about what is our mission, what is our our goal as followers of Jesus and a church, this is what we need to return to, to go and be obedient to this mission that Jesus has given us to make disciples. The next question is, is how are we to do this? How do we go about and make disciples of the nations? Notice who we're going to make disciples of, the nations, all people everywhere. And Jesus says we are going to do this, we are to do this by doing three things. By going, by baptizing, and teaching. Going, baptizing, and teaching is how we are to make disciples disciples so the first thing he tells us to do is that we are to go 
We are to go to the nations and tell them the good news that Jesus Christ has come and lived a perfect life in our place, has died on the cross for our sins, and has risen from the dead. We are to go and to declare the good news of the gospels. We are not gospel. We are not to wait on them to come to us. We are to go to the nations. And one way that we as, a church, as churches do that, one way that we as Southern Baptists do that is through sending missionaries to the International Mission Board. For much of the world, for many people, there is no hope of hearing the good news of Jesus unless someone goes to them. Currently, here on earth, there are more than three billion people who will be born, who will live their lives and die without having any opportunity to hear the gospel without having any access to the gospel. They will be born, they will live, and they will die, and they will never hear of how there is hope, how they can have peace, how they can have joy, how can they experience true love, how they can know Jesus. And the only way that they will hear is if people go. But it's not just the places where the gospel has never been that missionaries need to go. It's also to places where the gospel was, but where the light of the gospel has become dim or non-existent. And that's where our family has spent the last four years, in Europe. We think about Europe and we think about the Christian faith in many ways. We think of the Reformation. We think of these great preachers from the past who have been there declaring the good news of the gospel but that is not the Europe of today. Europe is the least reached continent on the face of the earth. Less than 1% of Europeans are followers of Jesus. Less than 1%. In places around Europe where the gospel was strong and being proclaimed all over the place, the gospel is nowhere. The churches have died. And so there's great need, not only where the gospel has never been, but where the gospel light is going out. And just to give you an example of what that looks like for us in our context in Belgium, I want to share a story about some of our ministry. See, in Belgium and Ghent, people love two things, we found, is that people love biking and they love coffee. I think a lot of us can, can agree with them on the second one, loving coffee. And so we were thinking, okay, how can we reach people with the gospel? We know that the people around us either have never heard the gospel or have never met anybody who believed the gospel. How are we going to get the gospel to them? And so what we did was we bought a bike. We bought an electric bike with a big box on the front of it. And we bought an espresso machine, a coffee grinder, and a generator. And our idea was to go to different parks in our city to set up and to serve people free cappuccinos as a way to engage with people and meet people. And so that's what we did. We'd set our bike up, we'd have some signs up just saying free coffee, and we would wait for people to come. And we'd serve them the cappuccino and engage them in conversation. And as those conversations turned to spiritual things, what we heard over and over and over again from people in our city is, like I just said, either they had never heard the good news of the gospel, or they had never met another person who actually believed it. 
I can't tell you how many people looked at me and Laura Ashley and said, you know, I've never met someone who actually believes what you're saying. Or they would look at us with this like face of like, you actually believe this? And we would say, yes, yes. And this is what most of Europe looks like right now. People who have either never heard the gospel or never met someone who actually believes the good news of the gospel. And so there is a need to send missionaries there. And that is what the IMB is doing. It's sending missionaries to places where the gospel has never been or places where the light of the gospel has become dim or non-existent. And that is only possible through your giving to Lottie Moon and to the cooperative program. So we go, one way we go as a church is we go by sending. And just know that when we stand as IMB missionaries, as IMB missionaries come and visit, or when you think of IMB missionaries, you, they are your missionaries. They are your missionaries. They are First Baptist Church's missionaries. You are sending them in your giving and in your prayer you sent us. We are your missionaries. And it has been our joy to be your missionaries, going to proclaim the gospel. But it's not just, we don't just go and obey Jesus' command by sending missionaries or by going on short-term trips or, or going ourselves. We also have a responsibility to reach the nations right here where we're at. We have the responsibility to go where we're at. See, brothers and sisters, the nations that we're talking about who have never heard the gospel aren't just staying at home. They're coming here. They're coming to the United States. They're coming to Alabama. They're coming to Gadsden. And we have a responsibility as disciples and as a church to go to them to share the gospel with them. Paul is preaching in Acts 17 to Athens, to people in Athens, and he tells them, you know, God created, there's one God who created everything. And he's the creator of all people. And he is the one who determines where people live and how long they live there. And that he, as part of his plan, determines where people live and how long they live there so that they will seek and find him. So what that means for the nations who are moving to the United States is that their moving is actually a part of God's sovereign plan. God is moving them here so that they will seek and find him. But brothers and sisters, we don't seek and find God just by wandering around. The way they're going to find the good news of the gospel is by us going and sharing it with them. And so we have a responsibility to the nations here. Globalization has, been, has good and bad things, but one thing that it has done, it has opened the door to the nations hearing the gospel whether it's around the world or here in our backyard. And we, as a church, need to take advantage of it. So we are to go to the nations here. But we're not just to go to people from different countries. We're to go to our neighbors. Remember, Jesus is talking, Jesus is a Jew, talking to Jews, telling them to go to the nations. And so when Jesus is talking about the nations, guess who he's talking about? Me and you. We are the nations. It is because of the, the faithfulness of these 11 disciples to obey Jesus that we have heard the gospel, that we have trusted in Jesus. We are these nations, and so are your neighbors. Your neighbors are the nations. 
Your coworkers are the nations. Your family and friends are the nations. And we are called by Jesus to bring this good news of the gospel to them, to go to them, to share the gospel. So we have this command to go and make disciples. And the first thing we need to do is we need to actually go. Now, if you're here this morning, friend, and you're not a follower of Jesus, I want you to know that when we talk about evangelism, we talk about going to share the gospel, this is, this is not some kind of like move by, by Christians just to grow our numbers in our sanctuary or to grow our giving or to gain some cultural power. No, we want to go and share the gospel. We share the gospel because we truly believe it and we believe it's the hope of the world. And it is the only way that people around us can be made right with God. So if you're here, friend, and you haven't trusted in Jesus, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. That Jesus sees all the brokenness and sin in your life. And he has made a way to have it forgiven. He has made a way for you to be reconciled, made right with God, and to have every sin forgiven. And he did that by living a perfect life in your place. By going to a cross and dying on the cross for your sins, taking the punishment that you deserve. And then rising again to provide new life. And that new life, that forgiveness, that reconciled relationship with God are available to you by trusting in him. So do that today. So we're to go. The second thing we're to do that Jesus says is that we are to baptize. We're to baptize. As good Baptists, I'm sure you know the creed that baptism is an outward declaration of an inward change. In baptism, what we're doing is we are declaring to the world that we have trusted in Jesus. So part of being a disciple and making disciples is being baptized because it is showing the world who your, where your allegiance lies, that it lies with Jesus, that you have new life in him, that you are buried in Christ and risen from the dead. So we are to baptize those who trust in Jesus. So if you're here today and you're I've trusted in Jesus and you haven't been baptized today. Today's the day to come to talk to Pastor Matt or to Pastor Woody to talk about what it means to be baptized. So we are to be baptized. But I think Jesus is also wanting to emphasize something else when he talks about baptism here. See, baptism is not just an individual act. A lot of times we talk about baptism as just something that someone does. But baptism is also a communal act. And I think Jesus wants us to remember this here. Because where does baptism happen? It happens in the local church. Now for here at First Baptist, it happens right back here in the church building. In some places, churches go to the river to baptize people. But guess who's there at the river? Guess who's at the water? The local church. Baptism is to happen in the local church. And Jesus knows this and wants us to remember this because it's really important. Because baptism is this communal act. It's the church. It's you guys saying, the body of Christ saying, we believe this person being baptized is a follower of Jesus. And we believe that he belongs with us. He, is a, he or she is part of our body now. They are a member of the church. It's bringing them into membership of the universal church and also the local church. That's why baptism and membership within the Baptist church are so closely tied together. Because that's what the church is saying is that they belong to here, to us. And so we baptize these disciples, when we're making disciples and we baptize them. Gee, what we're saying is that the Christian life, the life of a disciple is meant to be lived in community. 
So we go and proclaim the gospel, we baptize those who trust in Jesus, and we bring them into the church, to the local body, because they need the church. We need each other. A disciple cannot mature and be who they're meant to be apart from a local church. And so these new believers must be brought in must be brought into the church so they can be who God wants them to be. And on top of this, brothers and sisters, I want to just make this point that not only is baptism both an individual and a communal act, the Great Commission, what we're talking about, is an individual and a communal act. We are all to go and make disciples, proclaiming the gospel as individuals, but we're not to do it alone. We're to do it together. We're to be on mission together as a local body of believers seeking to make disciples and proclaim the gospel. If you go out there and you try to do this on your own, you will end up burned out. If you go out there and try to do this alone, try to proclaim the gospel without the encouragement and help of your brothers and sisters in Christ, when you get rejected, when that person you love keeps rejecting the gospel, you begin to lose faith that they actually will share the gospel. They will trust in Jesus. You need brothers and sisters in Christ. We need each other to encourage each other in this, to help each other in this. We need to walk through obedience to the Great Commission together. So making disciples, we're called to go, we're called to baptize, and lastly, we're called to teach. Within the context of these local churches, these people have been brought into, we are to teach them each other everything that Jesus has taught. All of his commands, we're to teach those things and of course the primary place that happens is through the preaching of the word the preaching of the word on Sundays is the primary way that we teach the way that we learn and that's why it's so important to be going to a church where the gospel is proclaimed from God's word every single Sunday to come and be reminded of what Jesus has done and what his word has done but we don't only just get taught on Sunday mornings here from a pulpit we get taught in Sunday school on Wednesday nights in the student ministry where the kids are right now we are teaching disciples we are teaching them what they what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus and that's part of fulfilling the great commission making disciples we teach we need to learn we need to constantly be filling our mind with what Jesus has done and what it means for our lives and the main place that happens is in the local church in a lot of ways, we do a good job of that. But in traveling around and talking to pastors, I think one place that many local churches fall short in this teaching is in relationships between mature men and women and younger men and women. I think there's, a, there's an important role with more mature men and women ha- that they have to play in the church, and that is to help those who are younger, whether that be in age or in the Christian faith to help teach them and walk through life with them, to help them see what it means to be a faithful disciple of Jesus, to look at God's word and say, okay, what are the implications for this from our lives? And those relationships we are teaching and helping develop people into mature disciples, and it is necessary for us to have that within the church. So often when we've come to this text in the church, the Great Commission, we think that our job as a church, as far as Jesus, is to share the gospel with someone, get them baptized, and then the commission is done. But that is not what the text says. We are to teach these new believers and help them become mature followers of Jesus. 
who then go and obey this commission and make disciples of others. So Jesus gives this great commission to make disciples, and we do that by going, baptizing, and teaching. And if he stopped there, if that's all that he left for us, it would be super overwhelming. It'd be super overwhelming to think, okay, it's on us to go out there to share the gospel, to baptize people from every nation on the face of the earth and to make sure they know all that Jesus has commanded. That is a lot of weight to put on your shoulders. And I can imagine that's exactly what these 11 disciples were feeling. Can you imagine? You're up on this mountain and Jesus says, okay, it's on you 11. And we've seen stories about these 11. These are not like the cream of the crop at this time. You know, they have their struggles. I mean, even in this text, right? It says they see Jesus appear, they worship, but some doubted. They were hesitant to fall to believe in Jesus. Even after they see him resurrected, they were hesitant. But Jesus is not looking at the quality of our faith. He's looking at our if we have faith. And he sees that in these disciples. And so like these disciples, we can feel overwhelmed with this. But Jesus gives us encouragement. He gives us two encouragements here in this text. First, right there at the beginning, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Brothers and sisters, there's not one square inch of this universe, not one speck of dust, not one atom, not one soul that does not belong to the risen Lord Jesus Christ. He has authority over all things. He is the king of the universe and he is our savior so this means as we are given this commission we need to remind ourselves that we are emissaries of the king of the universe that he has all authority and that he has all power and as we go and share the gospel we need to remind ourselves brothers and sisters that it is not on us to convert people that is the work of Jesus and his spirit and the, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is their work. Our job is to be obedient and to go and proclaim the gospel to people and then trust the Lord. So Jesus has all authority. He's like, look, I know you're 11, but I have all authority. I'm the king. There's nothing that can hold me back. Not only does he tell them he has all authority, but again, he comes there at the end and he says, and I will be with you forever. I will be with you forever. He's telling them that you will not be alone. Yes, Jesus goes back up to heaven, but he tells them you will not be alone. At Christmas time, we sing songs about Emmanuel, about God being with us. We remind ourselves of Jesus coming as a baby, God coming as a baby to save us from our sins. And this is right and good. But I think what, time, what, what we often forget is that Jesus is still with us. That he has never left us. That Emmanuel is here with us today. And he makes his presence known through his spirit living inside of us. He makes his presence known as we gather together with other believers on Sunday morning to worship him. Jesus is here with us. As we go to make disciples, we are not on our own. Jesus is with us. Emmanuel is still here with us. And he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. 
So as we go out to make disciples, as we go, as we baptize, as we teach, it is not just falling on our shoulders. Jesus is with us. And Jesus will be with us till the end. Until we see Revelation 7-9 come to fruition. Until we see from people from every nation gathered around his throne, worshiping him forever. In a new heavens and new earth, Jesus will be with us. His mission will be accomplished. Our role is to be obedient and to find our strength in him. So if you're here this morning and you are a disciple, if you're someone who has trusted in Jesus, who's seeking to obey him, who's living in community with other disciples, then this commission's for you. This command is for you to go and make disciples of the nations, to help support, send missionaries around the world, to go to the nations here in your community, to go to your neighbor to share the good news of the gospel. This is what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus, to go and make other disciples. But you're not alone in that. You're not alone. Remember, you are serving the king of the universe, and this king with all authority and all power is with you. So lean on him. Ask him for help. Remember that he is a God who came to seek and save the lost. And he loves the person you're sharing the gospel with more than you do. doesn't matter if it's your husband or wife or your son or daughter or friend you've had your whole life. He loves them more than you do. So remember that as you share the good news of the gospel. If you're here this morning and you haven't trusted in Jesus, or you ha- today's the day. Jesus has made a way for your sins to be forgiven, to be made right with him. And you can respond to that today. We're in a minute, we're going to just open up the altar to anybody who wants to come and trust in Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you haven't been baptized. You can come talk to to Pastor Matt about what it means to be baptized or to join this body of believers. I invite you to come in just a minute after I'm done praying. First Baptist Gadsden, God has given you a mission. He's given you a mission to go and make disciples of the nations. So I challenge you and I pray that you will be faithful to that mission until the day that Christ returns and all nations are gathered around the throne worshiping him. Let's pray.